welcome to Through the Marketing Lens, a podcast designed to propel your business forward. I'm Katrina, your host, marketing obsessor, and an entrepreneur turned business and marketing strategy coach for women who want to start, grow, and scale their businesses with power. I see what works and what doesn't, and I'm going to share it all. I'm showing up for you here every Tuesday to deliver business tools and strategies in fluff-free episodes. So let's dive in together. Hi there. Welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens. I'm so excited for today's episode because it's my first casual interview episode. So the plan is that the last episode of every month will be me interviewing a fellow entrepreneur so that we can all learn something from them, from their point of view. And that's the whole point of this podcast, to see what's working for other people, what's not, and so that we can all grow from it in our businesses. Today, I am honored to pick the brain of a friend of mine and respected real estate agent in the Palm Beach area. Her name is Holly Meyer-Lucas. She and her team have grossed over $200 million in sales since she started in 2015. Holly's done such a phenomenal job in her business, and I love watching what she does. I begged her to come onto this podcast with me because I knew she'd be perfect to talk to me right after my last episode on branding strategy. If you haven't listened to episode two, make sure that you go back and do that. So we touch on Holly's brand that really sets her apart in real estate, which we know is not easy to do. And obviously her branding and her marketing are very impressive, but I want you to listen to her mindset. Honestly, mindset is just as important as anything else in business. And it's what sets entrepreneurs apart. And Holly's got that. She's always in the camp of let's do this. Let's figure it out. And for her clients, that translates into a top-notch experience. She comes from a place of, yes, we can figure this out, and it makes her stand out. So take a listen to Holly's story and all about her branding. Listen for her mindset. And I encourage you to follow her on Instagram at Meyer Lucas Team Jupiter. With that, I hope you enjoy this interview and learn something new. Holly, thank you so much for joining us for Through the Marketing Lens. You know, I have been hounding you to come on the podcast with me. I am obsessed with your branding, and that's really where I'm going to be focusing a ton on today so that we can all learn something together. So yeah, so thank you for being here with a kid in your office and just managing everything. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that you would want to talk to little old me. You're, you're doing it, Katrina. So I could talk about you all day long. So let's let people know a little bit about what you do. And as I already explained to everyone listening, you are in the real estate world, but you're not just in the real estate world because it's really easy to be a real estate agent. But I want to understand how you came into this like really specialized brand. Can you tell me a bit about the personality of your brand? Yeah. So I got my license in 2015 and I was an M of baseball wife. And I originally, my original plan was to really focus on helping the baseball and athlete wives find their homes because that's something that I always struggled with. My husband played for, he played for 14 years. We were with, we well, we have been with eight different teams up and down and up and down from the minors, the major leagues and back. 
Um, he was in the minors for like 10 years. So we were all over the place. And I really recognized that Jupiter is a hub for professional athletes. And um, typically the, the first phone call that is made is by the wife or the guy's agent financial advisor who is then introducing the wife or girlfriend. And so I really wanted to create a brand that was that felt very professional and luxurious and, you know, could cater to these quote unquote athletes. But what I realized early is that the women who I was working with, they want to feel like when you're house hunting, you want to feel like you're house hunting with, with a friend, right? So our ideal buyer or seller or our ideal client, what I've learned now is, um, is someone that just wants to feel low pressure, make the decision on their own, be presented with the facts of the home and the area and um, and be presented with all the facts and then make a decision. There's no fancy selling. There's no fancy footwork. We, my team and I know the contracts inside and out, you know, the process inside and out, but I really, my real passion and my specialty is making families feel like they're completely comfortable and in a safe environment with, with me and my team. Oh my goodness. You just answered like 45 of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I answered the original question though. No, the personality of my team. Oh, that's so true. Let's Um, go back to that because you answered so many good things right there. And I'll I'll recap some of that stuff. But tell me about the personality of your brand. Yeah. So when I first started, I like I said, I wanted it to be this like luxurious, you know, very rigid, like black and white. You know, I saw all these, you know, Sotheby's and all these big luxury brands. And I wanted to be, you know, all this like just very rigid luxury. And I just found that that's just not me. Like I, am, I'm just, I'm elegantly casual. <laughs> and this is when I really realized that my brand had to really nail the personality of my team because in real estate, you're hiring a person. You're not hiring necessarily a team or a company. You're hiring a person, right? And so I came up with the idea of using lemons in our logo. And that was very, very, uh, after a lot of, of back and forth. In fact, I feel like I bounced this off of you maybe 10 times before I committed to it. But I really wanted a logo and like a, a brand that surrounded something that you could, you know, that would trigger all five senses and then also felt fresh and fun and that there was an emoji tied to, which is something that sounds at the time, so in 2015, um, you know, that sounded like maybe something that wasn't as in, important as it is today. But, and that was total luck. Like we ended up, I was really big and using emojis on all of our social media stuff. And that ended up working out because I had like a whole list of things that could be used. And now there are way more options, but the lemon was one of them at the time. And then it's kind of a nod to my maiden name, which is Meyer. You know, there's a Meyer lemon tree. Oh my God. That is so good. The emoji thing. That is so true. That's huge. And I can't believe you saw that back in 2015. I don't even know if I was like texting. It was uh, definitely, that wasn't like a stroke of genius. I was definitely just kind of luck because I really, really love me some emojis. So. <laughs> I love emojis too. So you mentioned the lemons and that's where I want to take this. So you use your lemons, obviously like whenever you're texting clients and stuff, but tell me the other ways that you're using it across platforms, like make the lemon really stand out as your brand signal. Yeah. So most of our listings, uh, they. So I, I wanted a, a brand that triggered all five senses because when you're buying or selling a home, you know, you have to feel good about the home the second you walk in the front door. So it has to look, feel, taste, smell, everything about it. If you can control, so when, when we have listings, when we represent the seller, when I'm selling a home, if I can control those things, we should. 
like those are absolutely things you should control <laughs> the whole um now oh, this is such an old school realtor thing the whole bake cookies before you you know before showing don't do that if any realtors listening to this absolutely don't do that because that's like not controlling the narrative of the home <laughs> mainly because it's like cookies don't smell like 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 they smell like something's cooking and that the house is being used currently right so um so back to the lemon thing so we will you know, we'll, we'll put bowls of lemons out and we'll, you know, use our, our lemon scented room spray. And we have little ways of, of incorporating it throughout the brand, but um, the overall personality and our overall just kind of our mission statement, honestly, is to be fresh and fun and nimble and um, pivot when buyers need, pivot when sellers need and um, market our properties with a fresh approach. I'm big on the word fresh. Yeah. 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 This is so speaking to me. So you mentioned fresh and fun. And when you walk into Holly's office, there is a big um, fluorescent light that says real estate. And additionally, on your website, when you go on to Holly's website, uh, which is what hollymeyerlucas.com or is it Meyer Lucas? Meyer I think, Lucas. yeah, Holly Meyer Lucas point there, but yeah, it's meyerlucas.com is our main website. When you enter the website, it also says real estate. And I thought it was so like perfect for you when I saw it the first time, because you exactly what you just said, like elegantly casual is exactly what comes across. This is going to appeal to a certain person. And I don't know a ton about professional athletes. Obviously, that's your world. But is that how you would describe a lot of athletes' wives? Yeah, they so... They're on stage all the time. And I'm talking about, you know, the bigger, from the bigger names down to, you know, some of the minor league guys, like they're constantly being watched. Their Instagrams, you know, have tons of followers. They're constantly, um, God, they're agents of financial advisors and everyone in their family. They just, they're constantly exposed and um, both, you know, their careers and, um, and their personal lives. So, and even if you're not, you know, someone super famous, you just are really marching to the beat of whatever baseball is drumming. So this year was a great example of that you know, with COVID, there were so many families that were stranded in the Jupiter area, not knowing where to go. And so if we can alleviate the pressure that's on the athlete wives or anyone that's relocating, like this is true for anyone. And by the way, the athletes are, you know, it's maybe 25% of my business, but that 25% is like, it's never lost on me that that is the carrot for a a lot of that, you know, the rest of the 75%. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you're relocating to our area, you want someone that's going to be knowledgeable and professional but fun and fresh and take you by the hand and say, okay, Jane, you're moving here. Here are your resources. Join this Facebook group, search this thread, come down here. I'll take you to lunch. We'll go out. We'll jump on a boat. If you're buying on the water, we'll approach the house by boat. We'll approach it by car. I'll drive you from the house to public. So we can walk into public. Like you want them to feel like they're buying a lifestyle because that's what they're doing. They're committing to a lifestyle. We have so many relocations in our area. So it's really important to me that people just don't feel like our clients just don't feel the typical pressure because there's so much pressure on everybody, especially women in 2020, the real estate and thing. Um, it actually came to me from, I have to give her a shout out. So Sabrina, she was an agent on my team and then she became our transaction coordinator and she's left and gone to another team, but I always like to give her props. So she, um, she, when she first started with me, she was in, uh, in the office and she was like joking about how she had just started and she was real estate. And it just like the way she, you know, when someone said something and it's just like, like, I can't see that word and not hear her say it. Yeah. And, um, and it just like, it just sums up our, our 
like there's an apostrophe in there it's slang <laughs> like it's just us <laughs> exactly like it it's you and i think that's you're really sending signals just by using that word like we are not the stuffy type you know i'm not a marketing genius by any stretch of the imagination a lot of the things that i try and and the marketing efforts that i put out come from a place of confidence because i have sold some substantial properties and if someone you know, if I'm, I'm going on a listing presentation where they want to sell a three, four, five million dollar home, I'm very confident and very comfortable to be able to do that because in our, and Katrina, you'll appreciate this, in our world in real estate and any business, you're marketing two things at the same time. You're marketing yourself and your business. So whatever your business in general is, and then you're marketing your product, which in real estate is the home. Like we still have to market the homes in a way that maybe isn't fun and fresh and casual, right? Like some of the homes that we have, or that we sell are very luxurious. And so we have to pivot and maintain a nimble marketing stance on, on individual listings. So it's not lost on me that like our brand is one thing, but marketing our listings is a completely other animal. Yeah. Gotcha. Totally. No, that's, that's a really interesting point about real estate. Yeah. So I want to know how you said you're not a marketing genius, but I would beg to differ. How do you, actually get your clients? How does that tend to happen? <laughs> so my accountant asks me this all the time and it's so hard to give them an answer because honestly, so I have a whole spreadsheet, you know, that tracks our ROI on various marketing efforts and, you know, where people do come in. But for the most part, people reach out to us via the office phone line, our social media accounts, or to my personal cell phone directly. And it's really hard to pinpoint what the effort was that got them to want to work with us. So whether it's, you know, me appearing on some kind of news thing, you know, flexing my real estate expertise, or me <laughs> posting something on social media where I'm acting like an idiot on the intercoastal on a paddleboard with an open house sign, like it's really hard to pinpoint what made someone actually go through our social media channels. And of course, it, it um, it's always a weird thing for me to ask. In fact, I could probably use your help with this for me to like ask our clients like, so you know, how did you, <laughs> why did you call me, you know, through Zillow and realtor.com and, you know, those channels are pretty obvious because they come in how they come in. But whenever someone reaches out on social media, I wish I could create some kind of form. Actually, I should do that. Yeah. Um, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot, it's a lot of social media and it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of SEO on our website. We have a, my blog writer slash um, marketing manager is just the most amazing human in the world. Her name is Julia Campanella. She, um, she was an intern with us uh, almost three years ago, and she's worked her way up to being our marketing manager. And she spends her school year, so she's a full-time college student too. I will talk about that a different time. She's a freaking beast. But she builds our content and schedules it out for like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, we have really strong SEO. So a lot of our, um, our business comes from our website. So when you said you were not a marketing genius, I just want to like, chat you through something because I know that you don't necessarily like see the vision ahead of time. And obviously there's a marketing strategy involved in that. But the fact that you're doing all these networking events and you're posting on social media and you're getting out in front of the press and you're doing the blogs, like that is marketing. And that's all. Like that's it. And you have your major touch points and you're known in the community because you do all of that. So I'm just refuting what you said because your branding is really on point and you're showing up in all these different ways. 
So I know there's other parts to your business and I want to know what you identify as the hardest part of what you do. God, you ask any entrepreneur and I would almost guarantee everyone's knee-jerk reaction is people management, being a leader, while also, you know, putting out a thousand fires and, and um, staying, you know, close to clients and staying in front of clients. And then, um, you know, on top of that, making sure that your team feels, you know, feels the love and feels, uh, feels appreciated, feels fed. Uh, it's really a lot to juggle as an entrepreneur and as a mom. So it's, my answer is so tricky because, you know, I am a mom of three kids. I just had a baby in June or May. When's his birthday? Who are you? May. <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, through with what my husband does, I'm, I'm, I'm not a single mom by any means, but I am a solo mom. So I don't like using the mom thing as, as a struggle because it's something that's like, okay, yeah, cool story being a mom's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, that has been a, a tricky part of the business because people do house hunt also. So I always tell entrepreneurs and, and um, particularly people starting in the real estate space that you really need to align yourself with when your clients are available to make purchases or to come to your business. So if you have an online business, you probably want to be available on the chatty chat on your website mm-hmm. at night, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how it is in real estate too. We have to be available on weekends. We have to be available between 5 and 10 p.m. So, for example, family dinners are not necessarily a thing in my household for me. I have family breakfast, but I'm very available for my kids in the morning. But at night, it's um, they know that that's when I work. I can make any school event because I can pivot around anything around noon, right? But, um, but typically, people want to talk about their personal lives after they're done with their professional lives, which is after 5 p.m. So anyway, sorry, I kind of just derailed that answer, but um, that's, I think you just I have a lot of challenges. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's hard being an entrepreneur, period, but managing people and then also balancing work and life. And frankly, I mean, being a mom and doing this is, it is, it's harder. It's harder than anything. And, and not to like go on a rant about the woman thing, but I think it's really interesting to talk to another woman who's a mom who's absolutely crushing it because at the end of the day, it is you at home doing all of this stuff too. And that's just how our culture is set up. You might have nannies and stuff like that, but it just falls on you. And no matter how good of a dad. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it does. It, so it falls on you literally. And then also emotionally too, because like I've really wrapped my head around the fact that I am not available between 5 and 10 p.m. If I can be great, but if not, then... And so then I, I remove that guilt from myself, right? And I really struggled to like free myself of that because I'd be you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock while they're at practice or while I'm trying to get them somewhere on my phone, trying to also help someone who, by the way, is buying a home and relocating their family. And this is the only time that they have to talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think women in general, you know, we just, it's such a, God, that's a whole discussion that you and I could probably talk to death. Hours, um, hours and hours. But I will say that if you encounter a female entrepreneur, I would advise you do her the favor of not asking how she's juggling her family. Don't ask how, you know, unless you're friends and like close, if you're in business with someone like my clients, I mean, it's so amazing how they rarely ask me. Like if, you know, if I need to go because of my kids, like when, especially when a man asks me, like, you know, well, I know you're probably having dinner with your family. Like, no, bitch, I'm not I'm sitting here talking to you. So let's have the conversation. And I don't want to talk about my family because I've made those choices. Like, don't make me have to defend my decision on top of that. I think that's one big thing that we tend to do with women. And it just highlights 
you know, women make it work. And it, if we can not highlight that on top of it, it in a professional setting, mm-hmm. I, um, I think all this would benefit. Yeah. So you said something, um, female entrepreneurs, and I thought you were going to go in a different direction there. And I just wanted to like share something. So when I moved to New York City, right out of college, literally like 10 days after college, I had no idea what was going to happen next. But it was I just knew this is where I was supposed to go. And part of the reason I love that city so much is because you have to just cut through the noise, like you're not going to survive there unless you really truly want to be there from the deepest depths of your heart is it is so hard and it's so expensive and it's a grind. Right. But that's the best part of being there. And I feel the same way about being a female entrepreneur. When I meet another female entrepreneur, who's also juggling a family relationship, whatever that looks like for her, I know without any question that she is my people because you already have to be a certain kind of person to choose that life to choose. I always say I choose this chaos. Oh, I love that. Put that on a shirt. I'll buy that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that like we do give each other that path. Like I feel like every time you and I talk, I feel like it's this like, Hey, how's your family? Good. How's yours? Good. And then we jump into business and you and I are very good friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like this almost like cut through the, um, yeah, yes, it's hard and it's complicated and COVID and homeschooling and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about business because I've made time to talk to you about my business. So let's talk about business. You know, like it's like this, like, and I think that, um, that we as like a, a society, like I would love to see women not have to explain themselves constantly who do choose to work and do, and it's not, it's not even like they, that they have to explain themselves. It's more just acknowledging it. Right. Like, Totally. It just creates like another reason to, because, and I see women do this all the time. You know, that saying that, um, God, I love it so much. Don't make yourself smaller to make more people or to make people feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. which women do. I'm so guilty of this. That's right. Um, and I think with being a mom, we do that too, where it's like, we, like anytime someone asks me about it, I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. It's not, even though it's not, I have it. Like it's, it's, I'm good. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got this. And I think that's, I think well, there's so many layers to this but I think this is also why I connect with you so much and that's like I could tell just from our first conversation that your why and what you do in real estate and it's it's just the container that allows you to do what you're really good at which is connecting and showing up and and really helping people feel comfortable and all of that stuff happens to fall into real estate but it would have been something else if it was (laughs) So true. God, you just hit it on the head. That is true. I picked real estate because I, like, I was pregnant with our first kid, and um, you know, my husband was playing baseball, and it was the only thing I could do. I came from a, um, at a healthcare IT job that required me to travel nonstop, and real estate was the container that checked those boxes of like, okay, so this is local. It's hyper hyper local, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know Jupiter inside and out. I can do this. <laughs> I can do it on flexible terms. But you're right. It is like. And I think all entrepreneurs are like that, though. Like you find what what makes you passionate, and then you make yourself the chief of that passion. You know, whether you hire people under you or or not. Yeah. And, um being an entrepreneur is like it's if you're not passionate, don't even. I mean, end your dream right there. Like you have to love, 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 love what you do. Exactly, or you won't survive. Just like New York City, it's just you're gonna cut through all of the BS because everyone who isn't meant to be there will just kind of fade away. 
And well, and you'll use it as an excuse too. Like the first opportunity for your out, you'll like for me with real estate, I, I remember I posted on social media that I had gotten my real estate license and, uh, you know, I created my ahead of time. I created my business page and my Instagram thing. It was right when, uh, when Instagram and Facebook kind of collided and they allowed you to do business profiles. Mm-hmm. And so I had it all set up and I, you know, made this social media post mainly because it's like burning the boats, right? Like if you want to commit to something, you burn the ship back, you know? So <laughs> like posting something on social media can kind of be that, that jump off point for people. <laughs> and it certainly was for me. I was like, well, now I can't fail because my whole five friends that follow my Facebook. <laughs> no. Okay. So I want to dial back to a couple things and this is something that I like, I admire so much in your marketing strategy, which you just have cornered in a way that I don't see a lot of women doing very well. And that is your PR. And you do this yourself. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. So my first like speaking engagement, if you will, came to me. And it was an opportunity to uh, to speak on on one of the local news channels about you know to comment on something real estate related. And after I met with the local reporter, I was thinking in my head, I was like, is this a thing? Like they reach out to you and are like, you know, hey, give me some information about. It was like a slow news day. They had a story about it was something that had to do with like environmental the environmental impact on um, on the real estate market. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to him and asking him specifically, like, what makes you what makes you look good to your boss? I always ask that question when I have someone that's kind of like a, like a middleman mm-hmm. and um, they have to pitch stories to, to the newsroom and they have to come up with content. And so I was like, you know, light bulb just went off. Like, okay, well I always have something to say about everything. So <laughs> I'm going to pitch you every once in a while when something cool happens. And um, you know, you have to be to any media outlet, you have to provide value and you have to be, very concise about who you are, what you are, and what you are providing them with. If they have to hunt and peck for, you know, uh, your bio, I mean, even your bio, like, like you have to present it in a way that's like, here's my stick, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And um, so now they, they still, you know, opportunities do come to me, mainly because of the sports and entertainment stuff. Everyone always wants to know about working with professional athletes. And I rarely talk about, you know, who I work with and, um, which is an interesting thing too. You'll appreciate that from a marketing perspective. I've, I decided very early on that I would never talk about specifically, you know, unless they're like writing me a testimonial or, you know, unless they're giving me a shout out. I never have like a list of my clients out there, you know, the famous ones, because the second you do that, people will look at it and go, well, where's Michael Jordan? You know, or, well, where's Tiger Woods? Or where's Serena Woods? You know, someone super mega famous. Like, you know, people are always looking for, a reason to comment, you know, and so, so I keep that close to vest specifically for that reason and also to protect everyone's privacy. Um, it also, like, but the PR stuff leaves a lot of mystery too. I'm just chiming in there about that. I think it's cool that we don't know because it intrigues people kind of more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, it's kind of an enigma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the PR stuff, um, PR type things are not for everybody. I I speak on podcasts and panels and things often because I'm very comfortable with it. But I will say that, um, and this is true for anything in marketing, if you're not, if it's not your thing and you see your competitor doing it or you see someone else doing it, if it's not your thing, then don't pursue it. Don't do it. There's so much 
there are so many ways to either hire a third party to take care of that thing for you or to pivot and try something else. Um, I have a lot of, of realtors who start out, you know, who ask me about, you know, how we built our website and, and um, you know, if I have someone that manages my social stuff and where I build my graphics. And a lot of that I do myself, um, not our social media stuff, but I build most of our graphics and like our, um, our graphic design stuff myself, mainly because it's therapeutic and I love it. But our website, I actually build myself too. But if you're not good at that, like don't, don't do, you know, don't try to, there's so many amazing vendors that can help you cater to your own strengths. And um, like, if you're not, God, I tell this to older realtors, particularly, if you're not into social media, like if your buyers and sellers aren't on social media, then don't do it. Like, don't stress about it. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be, you know, like the millennial, you know, there's, there, there's value to the experience that you have, you know, so advertise where your clients are. Exactly. Yeah. That's something I think that in, in 2020, I think that entrepreneurs in general just really fall into this pit of, it is a bottomless pit, right? There are so many ways that you can market and brand and logos and websites and social media and this, that, and the other thing. And um, Lisa Collins said this recently on, um, and I know you love her too. She mm-hmm. said this on a, a panel uh, about a year ago about how like, don't spend a million dollars on the website and on your brand and on your business card, like just start doing, and then it'll fall into place from there. Right. Yes. I feel like there tends to be this like create to kind of block yourself in a way. Um, you get really busy in your business as opposed to like really getting out there and instead of throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks, kind of sticking to two or three things that you're really good at and then just growing it from there. And what you just yes. said about showing up where your clientele is, I mean, that's the crux of all marketing, right? It's like, where is your clientele? And then the rest is just doing it and it's going to flow once they start responding and you realize that's where they really live. And then you get on there more. It's just, it's this flow, but it's figuring out where they actually are. And even before that, it's figuring out who they actually are. A thousand percent. And it's not even like, like with social media, for example, I mean, every business should be on social media, but if it's, if it's not your thing, I'm not saying to not do it. I'm saying to hire someone to do that for you. So you can focus your energy on your own strength. Because the burnout with Mark, what I've found, the burnout with marketing is so high. Like we have people, and it, this is going to come out probably wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. People copy what I do all the time. And I personally love it. More power to you. Like people will literally copy our templates and whatever. But the fruit is in the consistency with that stuff. So it's really hard to stay consistent about something unless you're passionate about it. And I happen to be very passionate about graphic design and social media and, you know, all of that stuff. So for me, there's no burnout there. I love doing it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then again, pay someone to do it. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that. I love everything you're saying so much. When copycats come up, then I feel like that's just confirmation that you're doing something right. Right? Like, oh, you- for sure. absolutely. Yeah. It's right. like, it's, that's the best feedback that you can get. Because a lot of times we don't get, you know, unless you're sending out surveys and survey monkeys, which everyone should do anyway. But some of the best feedback you can get is when you start seeing people morphing what they had been doing for sometimes what they've been doing for years. And they start making adjustments to align themselves with what you're doing. 
New York is a really easy place to identify that because there's so many realtors. But I can, I mean, there's some locally, I mean, there's some templates that are being used right now that I created and I'm not afraid to, to, that makes me sound maybe egotistical, but it's not like, it's like, there are very specific things that realtors locally do. And I know this because they're like nationally, the real estate scene, you know, they haven't done some of the things that that we've done locally, but that's the best feedback in the world. Totally. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I, I, when people will come to me and say, so-and-so is, is like literally stole something that I'm doing. And my exact response would be like, well, good. So then you're doing something that they envy and there's room in the space for everybody. You just have to really like let it kind of flow and die out and show why you're different. And that's it. Totally. And there's, there is not a thing in the world that I have implemented that I haven't been inspired inspired by something else that someone else is doing so it's not like i'm coming up with all these like crazy innovative things like i get inspired by things all over the internet i just created a little graphic that was that came from a direct like it's not a ripoff but it's a pretty close ripoff to something that i saw that nike was doing you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not like i'm this like saint with that either but um but if you can be a source of inspiration for people that's a good thing that's a really good thing obviously don't steal their coffee <laughs> you know or like do anything weird but if you're getting inspired by all means do it totally yeah I, I that resonates with me so much too and I think being I mean it's like fashion fashion everyone's like oh this is brand yeah. new it's just because you don't remember the 70s you weren't here yet okay so I want to know a couple things but I want to know how COVID has allowed you to either stand out or if you feel like it really hindered you which I doubt that that's the case <laughs> so COVID, and I want to preface this whole thing I'm about to say with COVID has been awful for so many people. It's impacted the economy. It's impacted human lives, and it is awful. However, um, from a business perspective, you know, COVID was God. If you had told me in February, March that, or I guess March when we shut down, that everything was going to be okay, I would have given you the biggest hug in the world because I think every entrepreneur was scared shitless in March. We had no idea what the economy was going to do. They pulled our kids from school and we all just kind of were like, there was this brief moment where I think everybody collectively was like looking at each other, like, okay, well now what mm-hmm. we and real estate. And I think a lot of industries adapted very quickly to, um, to adjustments that, you know, we had to make. So homes, people still need to buy and sell homes. We still need to do closing our local title companies and lenders. And, um, and the local real estate community here in Jupiter and across the country, we really rose to the occasion by doing, you know, realtors are so innovative. I mean, virtual showings, FaceTime showings. We sold so many homes off market, sight unseen. My team, we pivoted immediately. And this is really, it goes back to one of my most important pieces of business advice for anyone starting a business is stay as nimble as you possibly can without hurting your business. Like you don't want to be all over the place, but you want your processes to be nimble enough and this is a great example for why, right? So luckily, we do things pretty virtual to begin with. Like we're very technologically dialed in. So the title companies and the lenders, like the process stuff was fairly easy to, to pivot. But, um, but with COVID, we really just focused on becoming, becoming a resource and becoming a voice of expertise for our clients. A lot of our clients were really concerned about what was going to happen with the real estate market. And we had no... I mean, I had no answers other than right now there are buyers that want your home. So continue to sell it or 
right now there are homes available and you need a home. So let's go buy one. You know, you can only really with something like this, which is a once in a life, or hopefully once in our lifetime event, mm-hmm. you really just have to look at the facts and go, okay, this is what I'm doing tomorrow. This is what I'm doing the next day. And if things change then, then we're going to stay nimble. We're going to pivot. We're going to do something else. <laughs> do you feel like, I mean, you, you keep saying the word nimble. Do you feel like you are more flexible in life than the normal person? Or are you specifically like this in business? I'm very flexible with most things. There are some things that are total deal breakers for me. And, um, and I've almost made those things deal breakers because I've made certain mistakes. Like for example, my team agreement uh, with my team, I, when I first started, I didn't really know, you know, what an agreement should look like for one of my agents, right? Like, if I give you a client and then you leave and then that client ends up buying something with you, like, what does that look like on paper? You know, so that's an example of something that I am not flexible on whatsoever. Now I have an ironclad agreement. It is what it is. It's not what it's not. And I don't negotiate it. Mm-hmm. But things that don't have a massive impact on my business, I can stay pretty, pretty flexible with. I always like to, whenever someone asks anything, I mean, if it's a seller wanting to change terms in a contract or you know, seller wanting us to try a, a marketing strategy. I always like to hear those suggestions out and take a second to think about it. Mm-hmm. I rarely will make a big decision in the room. And that's something that I've learned too. That's kind of like a rule with myself. Like I, I'm <laughs> kind of shoot from the hip and I've gotten myself into situations where I'm committed to things that I just can't deliver on. Mm-hmm. So I now really take a step back and, and uh, make sure that it's a good fit, whatever it is, that it's a good fit for not only my business, but for me personally, for my staff personally too. Mm-hmm. I made some big mistakes early on with overloading my staff with, um, with tasks that just were unrealistic. I love, 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 love Brene Brown's um, whole thing on this about communication internally. Mm-hmm. So like asking your team, having your team ask you, well, what does done look like for you, Brene or Holly? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so. I love this. I think that, you know, I keep coming back to the fact that you said to me, like, you're not a marketing person, but I think like, it's just probably just natural for you. You're able to see the elements that your clients need. And with the personality you've created, you really have created this beautiful monster of a business. <laughs> I think this is what's made you really stand out. And I, I want to let you go because I know that it's time, but I have one more question for you. If you let me just steal you for one minute. <laughs> um, marketing wise for your business. So anything, whether that's PR, social media, emails, um, you literally texting people, whatever that looks like. What do you think the most impact has come from? What one thing in particular have you done that you think you've just like knocked it out of the park with? I don't think it's necessarily one thing. I think that that the overarching thing with my business that has made it successful is the consistency with uh, with everything. So mm-hmm. consistently posting on social media, consistently updating our website, consistently going on listing appointments, consistently staying in front of of our clients, and also making myself really the face of of the brand, you know, Mario Lucas, the Mario Lucas team only really exists if, um, if there's someone to text people, you know, potential clients back immediately, um, to respond to phone calls and that it's really hard to motivate team members to, to be that responsive all the time. Like you as an entrepreneur really have to be 
um, be the person that's that's taking the initiative on on the immediate response and air traffic controlling incoming business. And I don't think that that's something that will ever change. Like people want to hire certain people want to only work with you. And as an entrepreneur, that's kind of that's kind of just the the paradox and the dilemma. I pivot, you know, and I find roles, but um, but a lot of it is is um, recognizing that. And then, like I said, just consistently doing all things and not letting the burnout impact my business in a big way. I get burnt out all the time, but I don't, and, and I recognize the red flags now. I think you can probably relate to this. Like when you have a red flag of when you're about to just kind of lose it a little bit, you know, taking a step back and going, okay, well, let's readjust, let's recalibrate. <laughs> let's figure out how to not have a meltdown. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I completely get that. I think that part of being an entrepreneur is you have to be pretty resilient, but you also have to be willing to do the hard things like self-care. You know, it's easy as women to to just oh, yeah. barrel through it, but barreling through it is not ever going to allow you to thrive. It's just going to be like kind of a means to an end. And I think that is ultimately what makes you really successful is you are a person, and I don't mean to speak for you, but you are a person that's like, I need this and this is what I'm going to do right now. And whether that's, yes, I need to have a nanny or yes, I need to be not available from five to 10 that with, you know, for family dinners, like that's what makes you thrive because you put up those boundaries. I guess the self-care, what I really mean is putting up boundaries. Yes. Yes. Cutting bait when you need to moving away from things that aren't working mm-hmm. and, um, and acknowledging that too. Like I have a couple marketing efforts that, um, that I still think about because they're either a big waste of money or they like they could have worked, but they just weren't working, you know? So recognizing when you need to cut bait and just move on is, um, is I think another big thing too. Yeah. Um, for your, like some, sometimes it's just your, like sometimes cutting bait is a person, you know, or like a, a personality or an environment or a listing or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I, you with your, I mean, your brick and mortar, I love the way that you closed your stores. So like, it just resonated with me so much for whatever reason, like that wasn't working for you anymore. You know, it was working for everybody else. Like I miss that store so much. But <laughs> No, I mean, I completely get that. I think it's a hard decision but it always makes sense later and explaining yourself while you're going through it is probably the hardest part so choosing not to is even that's the boundaries I'm talking about like being an entrepreneur is putting up those boundaries and just staying firm in what you know is true and what you know will work and just going forward anyway even though you know you have people saying why are you closing or maybe if you did this or you should expand or whatever it is, there's always going to be noise. So well, I think you need to do and sorry to like continue to derail your, (laughs) you're trying to get me off the thing. Sorry. But I think one thing you should do, you should do some kind of a blog or, or like speech about managing the message when you do have to make, you know, cut bait in a tough way, because I think that that's something that not people don't do well enough at all. Like when they change, you know, even just changing a logo, like t- changing something, tweaking something, managing that message is so critically important because then you don't have the questions that are, you know, well, what happened and why and da 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 and blah 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 because it's already out there. Like you've managed it, you've set the tone, set the narrative, and you did that so well. You're in control of your story, which is really, it's imperative to 
with your business. Otherwise, it just feels messy, right? Yeah. Holly, you are really, I am always so incredibly impressed by you. And I think you can probably tell by the way that I stalk you sometimes. Like, I need to talk to you right now about this. (laughs) (laughs) The feeling is so mutual. I'm so honored that you would even like ask me these questions because I'm like, what can you know? Like, you. I'm just copying you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep up with you. I admire your business so much because first of all, I know I know how hard it is doing what we are doing and choosing to do and choosing this chaos, but you do it in such a way that's so real. You're not just portraying the good, right? You're paddleboarding on the inner intercoastal and being like, this is my real life, guys. Like it's not all glamour. And I love that. But you're also showing the stuff like the home stuff and you're letting us get to know you as a person. And I think you do it in a way that's just different, different than I've seen certainly in your industry, but I think it's different among most of the entrepreneurs that I know, to be honest. So yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be asking you questions. I think that's how everyone's business grows is really learning from each other. So thank you. Totally. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. So, so fun. All right. So I will catch up with you soon. I'm going to let you go. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, girl. Bye. Okay. So I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was really fun for me to interview Holly Meyer Lucas. She's an incredible person to follow. Make sure you're doing that. And if this stuff is really interesting to you and you just want to learn more about marketing your business and branding your business, hop over to my website, katrinaaronson.com. There's always so many tools on there. And of course, I will see you next Tuesday for the next episode of Through the Marketing Lens.